welcome back to another edition of the Slumber Party Podcast. My name is Amanda Jusen. I'm here today with my co-host, Lisa Ramrine. Hi, Lisa. Hi. It took us approximately 23 minutes to get the lighting in my new office right. I was actually thinking the last episode, we talked about I was manifesting that I wouldn't record another podcast in my basement. And here we are. I mean... There's some reasons. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting there. I am in my new office. I don't have my fancy wallpaper yet. Um, oh, for those viewers at home, you can see some pillows on the floor, though, because I'm trying to um, pad out the noise in this room. I don't know if it's working, but um, anyway. Mike is doing his job. I hope so. Yeah. Um, I read, like, if you want good sound, get a really good mic. And I think I do have a good mic. So I think I'm okay. Um, today I am just looking at the question today. We are going to talk about something, um, that a, uh, a follower had sent into us that I think is such a common thing and a common refrain is the refrain drowsy, but awake Lisa Mm. think back to all 100 years ago. <laughs> when you were a new parent, mm-hmm. how many times did you hear the refrain "drowsy but awake"? I probably didn't. Like I said, I wasn't <laughs> so like there was social media wasn't a thing. I didn't do a lot of reading about sleep. Like I am, you know, you know me. I just like do things by my gut. You know, with how I'm feeling that day. <laughs> um, So, but I think my husband and I were always very aware that we didn't want to uh, constantly be holding our son. Like we didn't actually want to have him in our arms all the time, like just to teach him that it's okay to be by himself. And he, our first one was the poster child for putting down. Yeah. Same. Um, Yeah. And we actually even have cute videos and pictures of him just like dozing off so peacefully beside us. So, um, yes, I didn't hear the term, uh, which may be stepping on the point here a little bit. um, That's okay. That's good knowledge too. But like, like, I think that we just like, we didn't want to constantly be rocking him to sleep or, you know, whatever. So, um, we did used to put him down in his little bassinet when we'd be like watching TV and just give him like a little bit of autonomy, a little bit of, uh, yeah, yeah, like alone time, but besides totally. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of love that because I think so, um, uh, I do have to, sorry, I have to interrupt you yeah. actually a couple yeah. of times, um, you know, I think every parent has experienced this where you're trying to eat your dinner and you're holding your baby and then like a spaghetti falls on his head. Yes. Um, and then so after that, we're like, let's put our child down a little more. Maybe take, take a break for our dinner so that a piece of uh, carbonara. Well, at least it was spaghetti. And it wasn't like a hot piece of like. So actually, one time I um, had some like leftover chicken from the night before and I popped it in the microwave and there was this kind of like fatty, oily bit on the side. and. Like my youngest being who she is was like, give me that. So she reached out and she burnt her little finger and it was so sad and I felt so bad. Um, but at least it wasn't something like that. 
Um, so we had an anonymous message. Did I already share the message? No. I don't think I read it word for word. You read it. Or did I? I did. The drowsy but awake setting. Okay. Look, I'm having a moment. I totally forgot even the name of where we recorded this podcast today. I've got a lot on my mind. But we did have an anonymous question say, what should I do if my now 6.5 month old baby didn't come with the drowsy but, but awake setting? And I love this because the drowsy but awake thing is something that's told to parents all the time about how to teach their baby independent sleep skills. And uh, doctors will say it, put your baby drowsy but awake, put your baby down drowsy but awake. And the idea is that if they go down a little bit drowsy or sleepy, they will figure out part two to falling asleep independently. The more you do it, the easier it will be for your child to fall asleep. Um, And a lot of parents are frustrated by this advice. So when I had, my kids are pretty good to put down drowsy but awake. That is what I did when they were newborns and they were great sleepers. And that is actually super great advice if you have a baby under three and a half months old. You should start putting them down independently, drowsy but awake as often as you can. Um, just simply to get used to that behavior, if that's something that you want. So I I don't hate drowsy but awake. What I hate about drowsy but awake is that it does have a shelf life that not a lot of people talk about. So what I mean by that is like, you know, let's say you go in and you see your doctor and your doctor asks you how your baby is sleeping and then you tell them and they're like, oh, well, just put the baby down drowsy but awake. And that seems really easy. Like, obviously, great advice. Thank you. But the reality of that is not all babies, if you are putting them down drowsy, okay? Let's talk about what drowsy is. If you are drowsy, so um, Lisa, I don't know. Do you fall asleep on the couch a lot? No. No, same. I'm not that person. A lot of people... A lot of my clients will say that they do or, you know, when people like watch Netflix and they're like, yeah, then I fall asleep immediately. Like, that's not me. Um, But, you know, um, my husband does this a lot where he will come into bed and immediately put his head down and he's like, (sighs) and I'm like, I'm not asleep yet. He's like making sounds and I'm like, hey, stop. Or can you move on to your side? And he's like, I'm not even sleeping. He'll say that to me, those exact words. So, and this is like a funny thing because this has been going on in our relationship from the very beginning. And uh, when I learned about sleep, when I became a sleep consultant and I learned about the stages of sleep, I was like, oh my God, that is my husband. So it's like when, or let's say you've just dozed off or something and then your kid walks into the room or if you had like a micro nap and you're like, oh damn, I didn't even sleep. You are actually probably in a state of sleep that you didn't remember. A great example as well that I like to give uh, clients so they know that this is a thing for them is, I do you fall asleep during massages? I do. No. Oh my I gosh. I sleep in my bed. <laughs> Good for you. That's exactly the way it should be. But I fall asleep during massages 
Or you can get into like a zone that you're like, I'm awake. I'm awake. Like you're kind of like half there, but you're in a different state. Mm -hmm. And that is where your baby is when they are in drowsy. Okay. The idea of drowsy bit awake. So to you, their eyes are open. They're blinking. They're not like slow blinking or like they're like awake living their life. So to the parent, you're like, yeah, you're awake. I put my baby down awake. Okay. But if they're like slow blinking or like, you know, parents will often say, I just sit with them until they are calm or I do this thing until they are X, Y, Z, then that is probably getting them to drowsy. Now I'm, this is a very roundabout way of talking about this thing. But what is drowsy? Drowsy is stage one of sleep. It is sleep. So when you're on your couch and your eyes are kind of like opening Mm -hmm. and shutting, you're sleeping. This is why when people are driving on the highway tired, this is why people say pull over because you're sleeping. Okay. You're not helping anyone because you were legitimately, if we put you in a sleep study thing and they monitored you, you would be headed into stage one of sleep. Okay. So the car thing has happened to me. Okay. Oh, (laughs) where we have an identification. That is like Mm -hmm. extremely, extremely scary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It happens to so many people, which is why, um, it's it's really not recommended to drive tired because if you are drowsy, you are sleeping. And that's why when people are like, no, I thought I was awake and then I opened my eyes and I was off the road, right? Yeah. That's that's what happens. So when we think about babies going down drowsy but awake, again, I don't hate this this method. I think this is a great thing. But after three and a half months old, just like any assistance to sleep, boobs, bottles, padding, shushing, co-sleeping, whatever it is you're doing to get your baby to sleep. If you have to do that thing to get them to drowsy, it's not drowsy, but awake. It is assisted sleep. Mm -hmm. So now we've told all of these parents drowsy, but awake, drowsy, but awake, drowsy, but awake, and they're doing drowsy, but awake, but they don't know that they're helping. And the people giving this advice are well-meaning. They're not being like, ha, ha, ha. Um, Because, you know, obviously like everything, every individual child out there and every individual child that we work with is um, is an individual, right? So that can work. It can work. But if you are continuing to do drowsy bed awake and you have several wakings, then I would say you're assisting. Does that make sense? Is that landing with you, Lisa? No. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just trying. No, I, I didn't have a complete thought. <laughs> no, you did have a complete thought. I know you did. <laughs> no, I, I think it's one of those things. So when I go to this question and this follower says, what is wrong with my baby? Uh, and her drowsy and awake thing, there's nothing wrong with your baby. What's Mm -hmm. wrong is the concept of drowsy but awake 
after a certain age. If you are still trying to get your baby to sleep, now I'm not saying don't try it, but if you've tried that for a month and your baby is older than three and a half months, you probably have an, a, a sleep association. Anything that you have to do to get them to drowsy is, is the sleep association. So then we have to go back. So when we're doing our sleep plans with our clients, I am, I'm going over my consultation and I'm literally saying like, it's not drowsy, but awake. It is awake, 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 awake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. Um, so it has to be that, that direct with clients that it's awake, awake. It's not drowsy, but awake. Mm-hmm. Now, the next question that I get all over my TikTok is, well, then they will cry. And then that's when you have to hire us because that's what we do. We're going to help you with with that. So I'm just surprised I, I you did, no one ever told you drowsy but awake. I feel like that was a very first piece of advice. I don't know when it came advice. into my consciousness. Like, I, mean, yeah. I don't know at which point I learned for sure. Obviously, I know that term now, right? Especially yeah. like just being around you and all that. So, um, but for sure, it wasn't like a concept that we specifically discuss like you know yeah in those terms um I think our idea was just that we don't want our child to only be dependent on being able to fall asleep while nursing or you know like when it's only when it's dark or nighttime like we wanted to Mm -hmm. give him and also I think that to make your point as well um some kids are just like not like my middle son he is extremely receptive to cuddles like he was mm-hmm. always the cuddly one like my oldest mm-hmm. son even as an infant we remember like he actually maybe we did think of this concept because he seemed almost agitated when we would mm-hmm. hold him for too long you know like he mm-hmm. did need that downtime from us like and yeah and I think that you know just having noise around or like living our lives um still around him was helpful like we just check in on him yeah you know, like we in a small apartment so it was easy to always be by him but we just like look over and he just be asleep you know and and even to this day like he doesn't like sleeping with other people he doesn't Mm -hmm. like um cuddling or like Mm -hmm. hugging for too long Mm -hmm. you know and um that's just who he was you know so uh, sort of I kind of love that you're saying that sorry (laughs) sorry didn't mean to interrupt you what were you saying no, I'm just saying like the, it, it also, you know, it could be de- dependent on personality. You know, he was that way from from birth. And um, and even when we did do sleep training, like as as a uh, practiced exercise, like as, mm-hmm. as a, you know, like a plan, um, you know, he it's almost like he finally was able to like, get that skill yeah. to like get what he actually wanted, which was yes. like full yes. rest independent yes. of anybody else. Yeah. And then, um, yes. yeah. But like with my daughter, uh, I was definitely aware of the concept of drowsy, but awake um, because you were coaching me through, through those days. And it was like really wild. Um <laughs> But, you know, like with a busy house and then much bigger house, like it was uh, like those opportunities just weren't really there that much. Or like I always mm-hmm. wanted to bring her to a place where it's more quiet away from like the busy boys. Um, and I do remember that every time that I tried to do that, like it was just never 
like she would just cry a lot you know and yeah. it was like it, she didn't want to be put down so much mm-hmm. or like um you know I would try to like nurse her and she'd fall asleep and then like I'd try to burp her and then put her back down and then like then she'd just be crying and spitting up so it that concept just never stuck for me with her. Yeah. 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 That's um, a good, so you've raised two good points that it might be like, depending on the personality of your baby. Like when I think about your middle guy, um, we hear this a lot. So parents will call us because they want to be actively helping their child to sleep, but the child will not allow it. So they will be like, you know, I'm rocking, I'm patting, I'm shushing, I'm co-sleeping and they hate it. They cry, they cry, they cry. And it's like, well, they're telling you what they want, which is they do not want to be helped to sleep. They do not want that. And that can be really surprising for parents that actually just leaving them alone, they might cry, but they're also crying on you at that time. So if they're crying on you, let them cry off you with assistance, support, all of that stuff. But then let them figure out what they want because it's not you. You're not working. So let them, they have something that's so much more powerful um, internally for them. Now, obviously that's not every kid, but we hear this a lot. Actually, I get really excited when a client says that, when they're like, oh, nothing works. I'm like, oh, that's good. This means that they're ready. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's so wild because even just to this day, like he is our strongest sleeper. He creates like he's very um, uh, like our oldest child. He's very adamant about his sleep hygiene and like Mm. how his room is set up and like he's Mm -hmm. very particular about it. Love it. Like our middle son can just fall asleep absolutely anywhere, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Older son, he's just so particular in the way and you could tell like he was almost agitated by being like handled too much like he really needed that downtime and maybe not so much like in the first like or second month but but even like as far as we remember like just videos of him too just watching him seeing how oh no that like he was showed us his personality from the get-go and yeah yeah I think this is something that new parents don't have which is the gift of hindsight is that when I always think back to my kids, they've always been who they've been from the very, very beginning. Um, It's not like you've changed them or made them different. It's like, oh no, they've always been this way. They've always been who they are. Um, I want to talk about, and you reminded me this before uh, we recorded, Lisa, when you were talking about I was like, hey, I want to talk about drowsy but awake. And you're like, oh, maybe parents are missing cues too, which is a really good point. And uh, I want to talk about some of those things, especially for a newborn, because mm-hmm. parents will often say, I don't see any drowsy. It's awake and screaming at my face. Um, so I understand that. But they're, newborns are kind of subtle. They're far more subtle. And when we're thinking about drowsy, we think about yawning, rubbing eyes, you know, very demonstrative ways of showing sleepiness or tiredness. But newborns aren't necessarily like that. Um, so I'll I'd love to talk about my first because she was so interesting in how she showed her drowsiness. Now, again, I was a person that read everything prior to my child's coming. So I was really ready. And I was aware that 
drowsy might not look like those big obvious signs. Um, my daughter's sign was a faraway stare. So we would just be like, la la la, in the zone. She'd be really active. She'd be looking around. She'd be really engaged in her surroundings. And then all of a sudden she would just kind of get a look. I'd wrap that baby up and I'd put her down. I did not wait until she was crying. I did not wait until she was yawning because for a newborn that can actually mean that we've like gone past the point of no return and that protest is coming next. Um, I always tell my clients as well that putting their babies down when they are happy and not waiting until they are sad. And the reason is if your baby's already crying and upset, they need comfort. They don't need to be put down independently. So you put them down and they're like, what the hell? I want to cuddle. What's happening? I'm freaking out. What you want to do is you want to get them when they're happy. So my daughter would get this faraway stare. She'd be content. I would do all that I could to kind of, you know, wrap her up, put her down. I put her down and she'd sleep like a dream. Like literally people would be like, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. I remember saying that to you. (laughs) I know. Well, I remember I've told this story as well where we had, we were interviewing for a nanny and uh, because I went back to work early. So my daughter was like, under four months. So she was like three, three and a half months at the time. Um, and so I was starting work in a month. We're interviewing this nanny and I just said, Oh yeah, she needs to go for a nap. So I just walked upstairs and she's like, Oh, is there a better time for me to come back? And I was like, no, I'm going to be like five minutes. And she's like, what? And so I literally just put her down in her crib, came downstairs and lived my life. (laughs) And it was all that, that is where drowsy but awake was really effective. And because I did that for a really long time, by the time that she was four months, she did have the skills to figure out how to do that, that yeah. work on her own. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And uh, like those naps that you could just like put them down. Like for me, it was my, that was my bedtime flex, you know, being mm. able to put my kid down in under 15 minutes when I had mm-hmm. company. I'd Mm -hmm. always be like, you know, putting my kid down, come down. Like, I don't hear all the applause. (laughs) Where's my coming right back down (laughs) to uh, to show off my amazing bedtime skills? Yeah, Um, that is just like the naps or the bedtime thing of of just being able to make it like this, and then and it's all done. I just remember like. That was that saved my yeah. social life when yes when we had a newborn right or like totally a baby, small baby. Um, like just come well, to me and then and, and then we can facilitate a party while the baby's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good. I mean, that's another great tip. If you want a social life, invite people to you. That's easy. Yeah. Um, I also think that. You know, going back to the drowsy but awake thing, let's say you're just not, you know, you're not getting what those cues are. Maybe they're changing day to day. One of the other tips that I tell my clients is start keeping a journal. If you've got the time, if you care, keep a journal about when, how things have gone. So let's say you have a two month old and you're trying to put them down at a 1.5 hour wake window. Write down what the outcome of that was. Was there protest? What was their behavior before? What did it look like? How long did it take them to get them down? How long did they sleep? 
then you're going to keep that journal or, you know, spreadsheet, however hardcore you want to get into. And I'd like you to start noticing patterns of behavior. Maybe the next day you try, you know, one hour and 15 minutes. Maybe the next day you try one hour and 45. It's an experimentation on your individual baby. Okay. This is really clear. This is a point of, um, something that I, I guess I just really want people to kind of hold on to because, it, you know, all of this shit on the internet is helpful. Like I have this stuff on the internet. It's a starting point. It is not gospel. So if you are really trying to stick to wake windows because some blogger that you really enjoy said it worked for her baby, it might not be working for your baby because that is your baby. Your baby might need something totally different. Um, So start there. Don't stress over it, right? Um, The more you stress, the more your baby's going to feel that. Do what you can. Really, you can't. If you did absolutely nothing with your baby until you're ready to make those changes, nothing bad is going to happen until it's bad for you. Nothing bad will happen to your baby. Um, So my answer to my follower is what happens if my baby did not come with the drowsy but awake setting. They might not be showing those cues, but they definitely do have drowsy but awake. Drowsy but awake after three and a half months may not be appropriate anymore. It's probably you're looking at more um, active strategies, probably more sleep training. Um, and that is going to really help. Try putting your baby down awake, awake. And there's nothing wrong with your baby. They are who they are. Um and that's what, that's what I'll say to that. Yeah. No, those are great points. Thanks. That made sense. Any final yeah. thoughts, <laughs> comments, concerns? Yeah. I think that like, I think give yourself some slack and in, in understanding that not all people fall asleep the same, you know, they're made yeah. the way that they are. Each person mm-hmm. is their own individual self. And like, oh, you always say, you know, it's not a problem unless it's a real problem. And if, yep. if you're making it work then but yeah the drowsy and awake thing is a real thing I love that um your oldest just stared out into the distance so she did she was just it'd be like la da da I'd be like all right it's time I know a far away stare who knows what she was thinking about um now Oh gosh, now pretty much. Well, now she's like, I can't go. She cannot fall asleep without reading. She can't. It can be like, I mean, I'm not, I know she can't fall asleep without (laughs) writing a full Nobel peace uh, doctorate. (laughs) You know, you know, when that happens, I can't get my oldest to start like to be in love with reading like he just doesn't like doesn't like it like he ugh, we try it all he just hates it he hates reading he'll do anything he'll do and 85 my, flips <laughs> my my teacher brain says so we got our daughter into reading through graphic novels which she loves um, I also think the other thing that you should consider is um, audiobooks. It activates the same part of his brain and he can do other things. So if he really wants to be active and do a hundred flips, he can do that and read a book. 
Yeah, you know, for him, it's like, it's almost like if a book was strapped to his face while mm-hmm. he was doing exercise. Yeah. But like, right? But but my point with him reading visually is because I want his grammar to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, anyways, that's another podcast. <laughs> we will yeah. do a podcast writes, on like, grammar. He writes as my, the same as my four-year-old does. <laughs> Almost. he'll get there yeah <laughs> everyone's on their own timeline exactly all right all right well as always everyone you can find out more at babiesbestsleep.com slash blog we have a whole blog baby's best sleep on instagram and tiktok where i talk and talk and talk uh what else do I have? I have this podcast, but you're here. Um, there's so many options. If you head into my Instagram and go into the link in bio, we also have a whole bunch of freebies uh, to sign to sort of send out. We also do quarterly workshops that are free that can have you one-on-one asking your own individual questions with a sleep consultant. That's free. We do that quarterly. That's our outreach program. Um, we really want to do that and uh, continue giving back to our community. Um, so if you want more information on that, you can head to babiesbestsleep.com, sign up for our newsletter, and make sure that you are first on the list. And we don't really spam people. I send a monthly newsletter. Um, I'm not going to bug you. I'm not going to mess up with your life. Um, but I do sell things online uh, for a living. So please make sure that you are adding us to your safe list if you do subscribe. Because then people will sign up and be like, I never get your newsletter. Am I even getting anything? I'm like, check your spam. And there I am, all alone in your spam folder. all right have a good one everyone thanks for joining us bye